not really. <laughs> well, I try to make sure the kids don't go crazy. <laughs> so I try to make sure what, what God's got for the day, we always do. I don't cut that short. But uh, I'm also trying not to stay in here for another two hours, you know, with, with the children. So, But don't forget over here, we've got our Bible study online. Now, tune in this week because I actually have uh, the Chi Alpha missionary from uh, ULM. That's uh, University of Louisiana in Monroe. He's going to be on, and we're going to talk about some things about college and different things that, that uh, they deal with during this virus. And we're just going to we're going to have a good conversation with him about things. Uh, and so it, it may help some of you that are going to go to college also uh, tune in on, on Monday because I got a missionary from a college. We're going to talk about college and stuff. So I know you know some of our, our kiddos are going to be doing some college time. So that's going to be at 7 o'clock on Facebook. And uh, don't forget also our memory verse down there. Psalms 107 and 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. I would say most of us know that verse, but what we have to remember is the address. Psalm 107.1. <laughs> yeah, I am terrible at the address, and, and I'm trying to get better at the addresses. So, uh, so we've got that going on. And then on Wednesday, whew, uh, we happen to have a set of missionaries from Morocco that are that have been in, in Louisiana, uh, they're going to be at the campground. I said, man, why don't y'all come out over and hang out with us on Wednesday since y'all are not doing anything. And uh, so they're going to come Wednesday and they're going to preach for us. And I said, listen, don't come in preaching like you're a missionary trying to get support. You need to come in like you just got back from the Argentinian revival and preach or, or they're going to boo you. You know, if, if all you're going to do is come in here and talk about things, trying to get some money, I said, they're not going to put up with you. Okay. I said, you have some fire when you get here. So. So they're going to be here Wednesday because they're already in the area, and they're not, they had nothing to do. I'm like, well, hey, I can find you something to do. Uh, so they're going to be here with us Wednesday, and then go ahead and throw up uh, that, that slide I got about the uh, Saturday. You know, we're going to try something different. Can we do different right now? Okay. The first Saturday of the month is going to be Revival Weekend. So Saturday afternoon at 5, we're going to come in, and that will be the first Saturday of the month. We'll come in at 5, and we'll have service, and we'll come back on Sunday morning and have more service. And so, you know, we're, we're going to, like this time, I'm going to do the speaking, I think. I, I don't have anybody at this point, but maybe, you know, we can bring somebody in on a Saturday. We can invite some other churches, and we can come together and, and again, do what we're doing here, right? Just disinfect and do what we're doing, and, man, just, just join together and have a great time, right? Sunday morning always has a little bit different feel. Saturday night always has a different feel. So we'll come together, and uh, we'll have a good time. And uh, so this coming Saturday at 5 o'clock, we're going to be here. So about 15 minutes prior, we'll come together, and we're going to have worship. We're going to have the Word. We'll come back around on Sunday morning. We'll do it again. We're trying to, we're trying to listen, we're trying to get it back in you. we got to get ourselves back in the groove, man. we got to get ourselves back in the groove. And uh, we're going to worship. We're going to love on Jesus. We're going to worship today and, uh, man, hear from the Lord. But, guys, we got to continue to press forward for this kind of stuff. Can I tell you, I got a phone call from a lady down in Lafayette. Uh, I, I have radio broadcasts every day down on the radio station down there, and I, I, everything's pre-done, and then I put it, you know, I send it to them, and they schedule it out. And uh, I use the sermons from here. What I do is I break them up, and uh, she went and found my phone number and called me. And she's like, oh, man, you blessed me so much. She said, every pastor I listen to, they're like, stay at home and hide. She said, I hear you like we got to get to work. 
you got to have wisdom. Man, and I listened. She was preaching. I was like, Jesus, you know, <laughs> maybe this woman needs to preach. And but it, I was like, man, it was so encouraging to me, you know, because you just, just, a, I don't know, it's just off a little bit, but that's okay. I think we'll be all right today. The national statistic is 45%. 45% of the people have returned to church. We don't fit that. And, and some of the pastors I know around here that are continuing to push are not fitting that mold. I do know plenty of pastors that are hoping they get 45% of their congregation back. But you know what? I think it's because of the fact that we as a group are like, God, we need you to move. We've got people in our community that need you. We've got to keep fighting. We, we're going to do everything we can with wisdom and everything else we have to keep worshiping God and continuing to do his work. And I think that's part of the difference we see. Because look, look at the crowd today. That's not 45%. That's more than 45%. Amen. So, so listen, so just continue to, to pray and to press forward. I know the enemy doesn't like you, but that's okay. I don't like him either. Uh, just a little side joke. Uh, when, when they originally started saying that we were going to have to wear masks the entire time, I came up with a joke. And I said, well, listen, it don't look like the protesters have to joke, I mean, have to wear masks. So we'll just call our Sunday, Sunday morning protest. We're protesting the works of the enemy. And <laughs> so I'm like, hey, we're not going backwards. We're not going backwards. We'll come in here every Sunday and protest the works of the enemy. You know, and we're going to have fun doing it because you know me. I don't like to be boring on these things. So, all right, it's enough of all of that. I think my wife is giving me the eye, but I can't see with her mask. So, no, she's not. She's smiling. I can see that, though. <laughs> Pastor Woody used to, most of y'all know Pastor Woody. He used to have a lady to sit in the back, right back in there. And when he started getting in the area, she would just do this. And he knew, yes, ma'am, I need to move on, you know. And, uh, but listen, so I'm just glad we're having some fun today, and we're going to worship and have a good time. But before we do that, we need to bless the Lord with our giving. Amen? I, I know we can't get up right now and put it, but you can grab a hold of it. You can put it out there. I've got a scripture that I want to show you. 2 Corinthians 8.12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. It's not according to what we don't have. It's according to what God has blessed us, because the tithe is a 10% of the increase, not of what you don't have, first fruits. So we bring our, our tithe to the storehouse, we bring an offering as God gives us, right, he, he prompts our spirit. So but we don't have to be sad about what we don't have, what we do is we pray and say, God, I want to be a better giver. Bless me as your word says, right, you, you said that you were prospering even as my soul prospers. So, you know what, when God brings it to us, God, what do you want me to do with this? And then we give. So today, we're going to pray over the offering, and you can put it in the, uh, the offering trays whenever you leave today, or you can give it online, right, to newlifeag.church, and you can go right there to giving, and you can set it up, and you can give right there. So there's still ways to give, and I appreciate everybody that is continuing to give. I know some people can't, because why? Because they don't have it, Right? So we need to continue to pray for those among us as well that, that there's been some decrease on finances or, or whatever it is. We need to pray for them that God will continue to bless them and bring in everything they need. Because number one, the word says that he will. Number two, they're our family, so we should care. Because this is our family. So let's pray this morning and we're going to do some worship. So Lord, we thank you that we can be here. And Lord, we right now thank you for the ability to give to you, God. 
Lord, we take these offerings and these tithes, and we bring them out of obedience to you, Lord. We bring our tithes because you've instructed us to do so, and we bring an offering because we want to bless you, God. Lord, we say today, thank you for all of your blessings, and we ask that you would receive these gifts as we bring them here. When we leave the service, Lord, that they would be multiplied in the lives of the giver, but here also in the church, that they would go around the world doing your work, God, but especially right here in our area, Marksville, Mansoura, Louisiana, that we would help people that are hurting, that are hungry, that are in need, and we thank you. We give you thanks for all that you've done for us and all that you're going to do. If you agree with that, say amen this morning. Amen. Come on, let's stand up and get ready to do some worship this morning. Hallelujah. Let's grab some water first. Put my ears in. Anybody feel like worshiping this morning? Hallelujah. Y'all better be. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did I turn that thing off? <laughs> Last week they sent me a message. I still have my headset on. One of those days. Raise your hands up this morning. Come on, come on. We've got to, we've got to press in even now. Oh Jesus, Father, we come surrendering to you, God. We bow down right now, Lord. Our hands are raised in full surrender. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Lord, we come to lift up your name. We come to magnify the name of Jesus. Lord, our ask today is that your presence would saturate this place. Saturate every believer and unbeliever alike, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> mm. Tell you now, if my shoes weren't, weren't tied, I'd have them off. They can wear slip-ons. That's okay. Mm. Jesus.
And I'll see 
you for your presence, God. Thank you for your presence, God. Just continue to pour out on us.
and give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, give somebody a spiritual high five this morning. Come on. If I can un unplug myself. somebody a high five this morning in the spirit listen don't get out of this atmosphere where you're at right now we're going to move into something and we're going to do some altar time sometimes I, I just i'm amazed not sometimes a lot of times most of the time probably it, it here i am with with what i've got to preach and my son walks up here and starts sharing things and you know i didn't even realize that our songs like, we, we knew a couple of the songs, we added some other ones this morning. They all flow with what I was preaching, and, and I, I don't pay attention to that while I'm doing music most of the time, you know, because we choose the songs collectively, uh, and, and they didn't know. <laughs> so that's why I told them, I said, guys, as much as I think I can continue to worship, we need to stop because I need to address something that we can maybe get some breakthrough on. So... I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews 11. Let me get some more water. Hebrews chapter 11. Jump down to verse 17. We will have these on the, on the slide for you as well. Uh, it is in your bulletin. Faith that stands. And, and, and that, that's the title of what I'm using. But we're going to look at a couple different atmos atti attitudes maybe. I'm not sure 100%. Um, Faith that stands. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. And look what it says here. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Just think about that for a second. He was told he'd be the father of many nations, and he had to have faith to that. But he didn't have faith, did he? He had an Ishmael. Then he comes back and he finally has his son, the promised child. And then God says, go sacrifice him. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> yeah, I, said, I threw you off for a loop. Y'all weren't waiting on that one. Right. Had, had, had to go back in today on that one. I watched the reruns, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Sorry. So, so here it is, he's got a sacrifice. Now, what does he do? Does he trust God? <laughs> or does he, God, you told me that that was my promised seed. I can't do this. See, that right there is what Roland was talking about. We got to move when God says move. When, when the Spirit of God is moving, bless God, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Or my foot's on the rock and my mind's made up and I ain't going nowhere from this chair. And, right. But that's, but that's exactly what Abraham had a decision of. Am I going to go? Because he had a multiple day journey to go to the mountain. And then he had to bring, they didn't have lighters, so he had to bring a torch with him. And all the stuff. And here's his teenage son and he's old. 
his teenage son, Abraham is old by this time. We can be honest with it. He's old. He even says it about himself, so I'm only agreeing with what he said. And he gets to the mountain, and, and his son's like, uh, hey, Daddy, where, where's the offering? God will provide. It's 1117, but I, I haven't finished it yet. It's on the screen also. And, and so, so the, the question is, is his son had to have faith in him also. God will provide. At any moment, he could have whooped up on Daddy. But then they get up on top of the mountain. He builds the altar. He puts the wood. Then he's got to bind his son's hand. He puts him on there. See, he had to move. He had to have faith that would stand even when it didn't look right. So look at the rest of this. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Look at 19. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back. He was willing to step out in faith even though he didn't understand it. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't understand it. And he didn't even like it. He didn't want to sacrifice his son. But he did it. Because he knew God. A a God that, that we know way more about than he did. Right? We've got thousands of years of historical data written from multiple people on who God is. And we struggle with him more than a man that really grew up with idols. We've got to have faith that stands. Now, I want you to jump back up in Hebrews 11 to verse 13. You're going to stay right there in Hebrews chapter 11 and 10 today. So I'm going to try to keep you right there so it's not hard for you. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. If there's any verses you should memorize in the Bible, it is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Depending on your translation, not seen. So let's look at Hebrews eleven thirteen. We're, we're jumping back up from verse 2 down to 12. It's talking about all the fathers of faith, right? All the people that, that did these great things for God, and some of them really messed up and did things, and they were still considered a father of faith. You know, like Moses. Moses did not get to enter into the promised land because of his lack of faith. But he was still considered a father of faith. His anger when he struck the rock kept him out. God said, you'll see it, but you won't enter in. So maybe it wasn't a lack of faith. It was his anger that, that got him. But look at Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They went all the way to their grave without ever seeing come to pass. The ultimate thing. Let's look at it. They did not receive the thing promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Can I tell you that we want to see it happen or we're not going to believe it anymore? We're going to give up on this thing. Well, bless God, I've been serving God for 25 years and I ain't never seen him do anything for me. He must be asleep. I'm done. Man of faith right there. Walk on water. I'll get my rope and pull you out because you're going to be sinking in just a minute. But you see what I'm saying? These guys did not receive the promise. Look at this. Verse 14. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. They're waiting for that thing to come. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, look at this. Isn't this amazing? They would have had opportunity to return. 
we focus more on our past than where we're going. Now, let me just interject right here so you can start getting an idea of where I'm going on this. They were waiting on the Christ, the Messiah. That's the promise they were waiting on. They were picturing that Messiah. He's going to come. They saw foreshadowings. They saw prophecies. They, they saw all these things, and none of them saw him. But they trusted him to death. They trusted everything they said to death. Every one of them not getting it. Can I tell you that if you're a believer today, you have Christ. But can I tell you, you need to keep your eyes on the prize of his return and stop giving up along the way. Oh, well, I'm going to do just enough to get to heaven. Can I tell you that it's not about that? That's not how this works. Your faith stands or you don't. Your faith stands or you don't. Let me get back in here before I jump too far ahead. Verse 15. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. We're constantly focusing on that. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Look at this, man. For he has prepared a city for them. And I put together two points for you today that I want you to look at. Hebrews 11.6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Why does your faith need to stand? It is impossible to please God without faith. If you're going to sit there and tell me that I worship God and you won't trust anything that he does, we, we need to have a serious conversation. Oh, well, I, I, I believe in God. Well, okay, believing and following are two different things. Even the demons acknowledge that, that Jesus is real, but they, they don't follow him. They don't serve him. They don't bow down to him. But here we are today, we, we've got so many things that are constantly coming against us, and we're constantly battling it. Am I going to believe him today? Am I going to believe him in this situation? C can I tell you this? That either you believe him or you don't, right? You know, I, I trust Dave. Then all of a sudden Dave says something that I don't agree with. Does that break my trust? No. Or, or maybe Dave said he's going to do something and he doesn't. Does that break my trust? No. Just means something happened, right? Maybe there was a reason Dave didn't do it. See, but that's not how we operate. Well, God didn't do what I prayed for. So I guess I can't, I don't have no faith in him anymore because he didn't come through the way I wanted. You, you see what I'm saying? That, that mindset. We have to have faith in God because it is impossible. Look at Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Can I tell you that atheists believe in God? Well, no, that's why they're atheists. Because if you talk to them, everything they do in life is despite him. How can you do stuff despite somebody who don't exist? Well, I, I'm going to make sure I'm doing everything to, to prove that he don't exist. If he don't exist, you, <laughs> right. Him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith is an important thing as a believer. Can I tell you that it takes faith to pray a prayer of salvation? That's why the Bible says that every believer has been given a mustard seed of faith. 
Because you've got to believe when you pray for salvation that somebody's even hearing you. <laughs> but that faith has to grow. That faith has to grow. And here's where I wanted to spend our time at today is number two. Because there's more to come. Why does your faith need to stand? Because there's more to come. There is more. There is more. And I, I want to show you a few things this morning. That you know what, guys? Listen, I'm not trying to get out of here early. I want to I live my whole life. I want to have a great time my whole life. But if I stop focusing on the fact that Jesus Christ could return tomorrow, I'm already lost. I, I, wanna, I want you to get that in your mind this morning. Because I know, you know, I, I watched a movie the other day. I'll tell you at the end of it. And, and it really, I'd already had this together, but there was a couple components of this that I, I, I reminded in that movie. I said, you know, I need to remind people of these things. You know that only 2% of the sermons in America over the last year had the second coming even in them? And you know what they said? They said, that's why believers are getting tired and walking away because they don't know what they hope for anymore. And I was like, God, you know, I mentioned things, but am I direct about it? And I said, you know what, I, this fits perfectly in with what I'm already preaching. I've got to talk about this today. He's coming back again, guys. And if you're not ready, you're getting left behind. And can I tell you that if, if, if you think you're still working out the wrinkles in your perfect gown, you're never working out any of them. He works them out. You just have faith that he's doing it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah, fear and trembling that, Lord, I need to make sure I'm trusting in you that you're going to work all of this out, that you're going to get rid of this stuff out of my life because you're going to come back one day and I don't want to miss it. But what if you've already died? Then it doesn't matter. You've already completed your race. But what if he comes back tomorrow? Because he is going to come. Let me read a couple things to you, and then I want to I show you something. Look at Hebrews 10. So flip back. Hebrews 10. See, Jesus never told the disciples to go hide until I return. And I still say this, if the only reason for our salvation was to get to heaven, he should have killed us as soon as we said the prayer. But that is not. We are to live. We are to rule in the reign. We are to, to share the gospel. We have a commission, a responsibility on every believer to teach those and to preach and to share the love, all of the different facets of how it, it works. But the thing is, is if we're not, if we're not, keeping ourselves ready for him, what are we doing? I think sometimes that's why we get tired. Let's look at this, Hebrews 10, 36. You need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Look at this. For in just a little while he is coming, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous ones who live by, what word? faith mm. and i take no pleasure in the ones who shrink back uh oh but who do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed but to those who have faith and are saved see guys living a, a life that's you know makes god happy with us is living a life of faith and saying god i don't have to be like the world i want to live a righteous holy life now, I want to describe to you something. 
I'm not going to give you any of the verses for this. I just want to describe it to you, and, and you will see it. Now, I do have one more verse that I'm going to read in a, in a minute. Uh, well, actually, no, that was it. Okay. I, I want to describe something to you. We all heard of the wedding feast where Jesus is going to come. He's going to take us. We're going to go with him, and we're going to spend a thousand years ruling and reigning with him. We're, we're going to get to go. But let me describe something to you this morning. Describe this picture of something that, that we need to keep in our mind. Just remember, Jesus was a Galilean. You know, I read something the other day just, just to, to blow some people's minds. Uh, they, they recently found, I think it was 2018, they found uh, one of the archaeologists in Israel was doing some digging and some things, and she wanted to take a break, so she went into this old church and she just kind of relaxed on the floor and she looked up on the ceiling and she said she could vaguely see some eyes looking back there was something painted on the ceiling of this church and and so she's looking through and they did some things and they believe it is one of the earliest pictures of jesus he had curly hair (laughs) he didn't have straight hair he had curly hair and i was like jesus with curly hair I was like, wow. But he was from like 500 A.D. or something like that is, is where they believe it was done. Could you imagine? We, we don't picture Jesus that way, do we? So, so the image we see on these pictures and all this stuff, guys, we've got to get that part out of our minds and, and stop trying to, trying, to, trying to make him a certain way. Jesus was a Galilean. He wasn't white. He wasn't African-American. He was Jewish. He was probably a dark skin. Because he was Arabic. Most of them actually have a hint of a, an olive green. He wasn't, he, you know, he probably wasn't blue-eyed, blonde-haired, and all of that, you know. But he would have had a beard because he was a teacher. But he was Galilean, and that's the important thing. His disciples were Galilean. Do you know that the Galilean wedding feast is different than the rest of them? It's not like a traditional Hebrew service uh, ceremony. It has a little few parts in there. And I want to share some of those with you today so that you can kind of see the picture of what the scriptures are telling you. So for instance, the Wendy, come here. I'm, well, I'm have to have some help. I'm gonna get in trouble later, but y'all pray for me. She loves me. <laughs> She'll forgive me, but will she forget? <laughs> yeah, she will. She, she loves me. Oh. So so my bride to be and her family. They all come to the city gate. Me, I come to the city gate with my family. Why do you go to the city gate? Because you need this this agreement between the two of us to be approved. And that's where the elders were, and they approved things. So what happened was is they wrote up an agreement, a contract, and gave it to my dad. My dad reads it aloud. We can agree on this. He gives money back. The money is not to buy her, it's to protect her in case something happens to her. That's up to me. But here's the part that is completely different than any of the other ones. And this is the thing. If you've ever studied the scriptures at all, you'll see this. I take a wine, and I fill up a cup, and I hand it to her, both hands. She takes it. She either drinks from it saying yes, or she gives it back to me saying no. So she drinks, and then she gives it back to me, 
and now I drink it, and guess what? I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until we drink of this together in my Father's house. Have you heard that somewhere? Didn't Jesus say that? He was describing a wedding. He was describing his return for us. Is he did those things. So at this point, it lasts about a year, but there's a twist in it. The rest of them last a year. She now has to go and get her fabric to make her dress. She has to find the material to make her dress. And she gets all of this stuff, her and her bridesmaids and all of this. And guess what? They have to keep the lamps trimmed. Isn't there a story about that too with the ten, right, the ten ladies? They have to keep the, the lampstands ready. Some do not, some do. I have to go and start getting all the material to build the house onto my father's house. But guess what? Again, another, another weird thing about the Jewish wedding I mean, compared to the Galilean wedding. The Jewish wedding is about one year. The, uh, the, the, the betrothal time in between. I always mess that word up, betrothal. It's about one year. But in the Galilean wedding, only the father knows the time. He wakes up, and it's traditionally done in the middle of the night. And he just wakes up one night, and he walks over, and he says, boy, comes tell me, go get your bride in the middle of the night. He'll come like a thief in the night. The sun gets up, gets his shofar, starts walking through the community, blowing his shofar in the middle of the night, waking everybody up, saying, I'm going to get my bride. My father said I can go. He's waking everybody up. All of the guys that have been helping him, all of this stuff, they all wake up and they're following him as he goes through the community to go get his bride. When he gets to the house, if she's not there, he goes home. But if she is there and she has all of her bridesmaids, they put this thing down. It's got a seat in it. She gets in it and then they pick it up and they carry her. And that is considered meeting her in the air. Have you heard that before as well? You see what I'm saying? All these things he taught was about a wedding. It was about him coming to get us. So then they continue through the streets. They go all the way back to the father's house. There has been a banquet set up in the father's house that the son had to put together. So the, the, I guess the guy did the cooking at that point. And then all the guests come into the door. And when the last guest is there, the door is closed. And here again is the difference between a Hebrew and a Galilean wedding. The door is shut for seven days. Everybody inside stays for a seven-day feast. Nobody can leave. But if you're outside, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a family member. According to their tradition, the door must stay locked for a seven-day feast. He had to prepare food for seven days for all of us. You, you see the difference in this? What, what was he teaching? Was he teaching that we need to be prepared for what? For this moment. This moment here. You see, we've got to be about the Father's business. They went about life, but they were always prepared and waiting on the return so that he could come get his bride, his church. You can just sit down here. Thank you. Y'all give Pastor Marnie a hand. You see, we forget about the fact that he taught about these things. So should we be about the father's business? Yeah, the, the, the bridegroom had to build the home, 
But the bride had to go out and do all these things and had to collect the people and and had a work to do. We have a responsibility while we're here. But if we're not keeping ourselves ready, if we're not keeping ourselves aware of what's going on, our ear, right? She had to listen because in the middle of the night, that horn's going to blow and she's got to be ready. She can't go buy oil when the horn blows. It is too late. But she had to keep herself holy. Holy. Sanctified. All those things. Ready for him. Why do you think I constantly preach that we need to stay holy? Why do you think I I constantly preach we need to separate ourselves from the world? We don't need to look like the world. It's because of this. That if our Lord came through there right now, if if he broke open that sky... What would happen? A lot of churches would still have people sitting in them. There may even be some pastors left behind. (laughs) Because we're not keeping ourselves ready. We need to focus on him returning as much as we focus on our daily lives. But we forget about all of that, don't we? Because we get so busy doing the work. We get so busy trying to read our word. Why are we studying our word? So we can learn about the bridegroom. We can learn about the things that he is wanting us to know about him. We're we're learning all those things. Because when he comes back, it is done. There is no second chance on that. It's he comes and he gets you or you get left behind. And the word even says that, that many will come to him one day and say, You know, Lord, didn't I cast out devils in your name? Didn't I raise the dead in your name? Didn't I do many great works? And he'll say, depart from me because I never knew you. You see, that's that's the thing. We have to have faith that stands because we have to know who he is. But if we're not allowing our faith to be moved, then he's not watching what we're doing because he doesn't know us. See, I think that's the part where, where we can trust in him, but if we never step out, faith without works is dead faith without works is dead and that's why i keep telling you guys we've got to pray we've got to pray but if we're not getting up doing anything do we have true faith because you know you know as well as i do that that you can sit there and pray about something and have perfect peace about it while you're praying about it but well the minute you got to get up and do something with it well i don't know if god's gonna do it well i thought you did when you were praying it sounded like it you see what i'm saying We've got to have faith that will stand. Our, our children need to see us with faith that when the enemy comes in, that, does that mean we're perfect? No. But just like King David, all of the things that he did, it still amazes me that God called him a man after my own heart. I'm like, how is that possible? But I'm looking at what was written about him and not the entire context of his life and all that. I only know the pieces. God sees every part of who we are. Everything, everything that we are. So guys, y'all go get ready up there. We're going we're gonna to sing one more song, and I want to give you an opportunity today. Guys, we've got to have the faith that stands, but we've got to keep our eyes on the prize. Getting to heaven is, is, is the prize. Getting to spend eternity with Jesus. But if we miss the second coming, you know, it, it's almost a struggle for me. Which one's more important? Well, I know if you make it from the first one, you'll get the second one automatically. 
right? If, if you're still alive and he takes you home with him, then you automatically get the second one. But, you know, it's like, how do you preach one without the other? And I think sometimes I'm guilty of that. I don't, I don't preach both of them together. Because that celebration is going to be an amazing day when our Lord comes back through that sky. And can I tell you, there's going to be a whole lot of people that, that said they didn't believe in him that are going to be crying, waiting. But if you're a believer and you're not ready, is the door going to be closed on you? That's the question. So I want to challenge you today. Where's your faith at? Where's your faith at? Is, is, is you have enough faith to just kind of get you through the day? Or do you have enough faith that says that you can listen every night for the return? Can you listen for his voice and for the trump that will sound and say, I'm coming back? coming back do you have faith to listen in that where are you at this morning so listen so we're gonna i'm gonna give him back the music because he's gonna need it i was thinking about it and here's what i'd like you to do i just want you to come find a place i, I sanitize this thing every week i spray it when he was here helping me i soaked this much as i do anything else Find a place just to pray for a few minutes at your chair or come up here. Whichever one it is. And I'm going to come play piano with them. I just want you to come pray, guys. Come on, guys. I'll find you a place to stand.
focus upon you, O oh God. With all creation I sing, praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. so holy. You are so awesome, God. I thank you, Lord, for your, your presence in this place today. I thank you, Lord, that you have drawn people to yourself. You say, Lord, that by your spirit you will draw all men unto yourself. Lord, and I pray right now for those that are here today, those that are watching online, that, that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I know that you are drawing them even now. try to distract them and stop them from a decision that would change their life forever in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that right where they are, you will meet them and transform them as they begin to just open their mouth and confess to you. Confess that you need Jesus. Confess that you need him to forgive you you need him to wash you and cleanse you of your sins and of your past to be your Lord and your Savior just confess it to him today confess it to him today speak it out to him as the word of God teaches us that you will be saved Lord I thank you too that there are those that needed healings and touch in their body today that they received it through your spirit through your word God I thank you, Lord. Come on, can we sing the chorus one more time? Come on, let's sing it together before we dismiss this morning.
your people in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they will be healthy, that they will be strong, they will be wise. Everywhere that they go, they will be protected in the mighty name of Jesus. Everything they put their hands to will prosper in your will and in your name, in Jesus' name. If you agree with that this morning, say amen with me. Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Don't forget, tomorrow night at 7, we'll have somebody on uh, with ULM. Uh, University of Louisiana Monroe and then Wednesday we'll be here we have our missionary so come out support our missionary but Saturday at 5 we're gonna be in here rocking and rolling we're gonna be kicking it off amen amen well God bless you don't forget also that you can leave your offerings in the uh, offering tray outside don't forget to uh, bring those to the Lord this morning and uh, listen I'll see you again tomorrow night online or Wednesday when you come amen God bless you